Hey guys, welcome back to the Sakura 24 podcast. I did want to take time out really quick just to say a huge thank you to our listeners. We've had a lot, a lot of new subscribers globally, and we've had a lot of new listeners. So I did want to let you guys know that I'm super appreciative and grateful. This podcast honestly was inspired by you guys, so thank you. So I was driving the other day in the car, and um, this interview came on, and it was speaking about economic inclusion. So for you listeners that don't know what that means, it refers to equality of opportunity, basically for all members of society, right? So it's when everybody is on an equal playing field. Um, I believe that social and economic inclusion is fundamental for like a productive society. Um, So that's kind of the basis of it. Um, And then I thought to myself, well, since I live in America, do we as Americans practice inclusion? So with that being said, I started to do my own research and look into, okay, what was the U.S. economy built on? What are some policies and institutional practices where the U.S. has created or implemented economic inclusion? I kid you not, I went as far back as the late 19th and early 20th centuries, and everything that came up was the Jim Crow law and laws like the New Deal. And just to give you a little bit of insight, the Jim Crow law were state and local laws that enforced racial segregation um, in the different like southern states. So you have to remember, these were enacted, these policies and such as the Jim Crow law, these were enacted by white Democratic um, nominated state legislators. So when economic inclusion says it's equality for all, equality to me is not enough. And I think I learned this when I talk about in the classroom. And I'll give you a prime example. Imagine the situation. You have a classroom of students, right? Settling down to work on a writing task. All of a sudden you have one student that says, that's not fair. Why do they get to listen to the instructions on the headphones? I want to listen too, right? And this happens all the time in a classroom. And it's not because teachers are inherently unfair, but because students have come to understand fairness is as simple as equal treatment. However, fairness to me is not equality, but equity, right? And there's a difference. So you're familiar with this playground mentality of fairness, right? I'll give you an example. I get two crackers and you get two crackers. Or I play with the ball for 20 minutes and then you play with the ball for 20 minutes. But here's the thing. And this is what I've come to realize. That treating everyone exactly the same is actually not fair. Because think about it. What equal treatment does is it erases our differences and it basically promotes privilege. Let me break it down. So one fact that we do know is everyone is different. So what does fairness and success really mean when we know this, right? We know that everyone is different. So equity is giving everyone what they need to be successful. Equality is treating everyone the same. Equality aims to promote fairness, but it can only work if everyone starts from the same place and needs the same help. Equity appears unfair, 
but actively moves everyone closer to success by leveling the playing field. But again, we have to remember that not everyone starts at the same place and not everyone has the same needs. I'm going to take you guys back a little bit from earlier on when the child was in the classroom and he shouted out, it's not fair because one of the students got to listen to the lecture through audio, right? So say we have a visual learner and an auditory learner. We all know or now understand that they're going to process information differently. Thus, they're going to have different needs. Honestly, that's why I feel like practicing just equality is not enough. We have to start practicing equity. We also know that everyone learns differently. No one learns the same and everyone's needs when it comes to learning is different. It is so imperative, guys, that we implement equity more when it comes to our thought process. Also, when it comes to our foundations of our conscious and subconscious mind. Um, It didn't really matter about the outraged student that wanted to listen to the audio tape to complete a writing task because that would have been equality. But what really mattered is did the student need to listen to the audio tape in order to be successful in the writing task? And so since everyone is different and we embrace these differences as quote unquote unique, we must also redefine our basic expectations when it comes to like fairness and success, right? And fairness in success should be contingent upon these individual differences. I would love to hear your thoughts and I would love to listen to your feedback when it comes to economic inclusion as it refers to equality of opportunity here in the U.S. And when it is implemented, is equality enough? Do we need to have equity as well? Also, do you guys believe that by implementing economic inclusion, where it refers to equality, not equity, that it helps aid wealth and race relations and economic stability here in the U.S.? What are your thoughts? So at the end of each episode, I do have a book recommendation. These are books that have been impactful or inspiring or helped me grow in some type of way. So this book is called The Moment of Lift. It is actually written by Bill Gates' wife. Her name is Melinda Gates. It's called Empowering Women Changes the World. Sorry, guys, but I do believe both women and men should read it. Um, Again, guys, we all know knowledge is power. So thank you for listening.